Ladies, when's the last time you treated yourself? Treat yourself. I treated myself to Blow Bainbridge. What is Blow Bainbridge, you may ask? We finally have an awesome blow dry bar here on the island. And they do so much more than just blow drying your hair. They style, they braid, they do extensions, makeup, and so much more. I love it. I got taken care of and had the whole pink carpet treatment by Rachel and her team. And it was awesome. You can check out their pricing at blowmedry.com slash blow b-l-o dash bainbridge.com so please go check out their pricing check out their schedule um, Monday through Friday 9 to 6 Saturday 9 to 7 Sunday 11 to 5 they have memberships that include discounts you get a free blowout on your birthday I mean there's so much that they offered us here on the island and I love them so much and I love leaving blow and feeling absolutely beautiful thank you Rachel and your whole team and go check them out I'm Stephanie Reese. I'm a singer and an actress, and my career has taken me all over the world. And in my global travels, I discovered I loved a lot more than just being on stage and performing. I loved having conversations with people from all walks of life, different cultures, beliefs, different talents and backgrounds. And every time I found what was extraordinary in each and every person I took the time to speak with. From rock star celebrities, Broadway stars, soul singers, politicians, and everyday people like you and me. I'm bringing that to you here on Citizen Sister, where we have the conversations that help us all see how we are connected in the extraordinary and ordinary things in our lives and how that makes us all citizens of the world. This is Citizen Sister. Hello, Citizen Sister listeners. This is Stephanie Reese, your host. Thank you for tuning in once again to Citizen Sister, the podcast. Oh my goodness, I'm very excited. The holidays are upon us, my friends. And that is such a great thing. I happen to love Christmas. And if you listen to the first episode of Citizen Sister, um, you will remember that that was with my little sister, Melissa Reese. And we talked all about Reesmas. Um, and that is coming. And Thanksgiving is coming. And I have so many things to talk to you guys about. Um, but before I do, I'm going to introduce you to who is in the studio with me right now today. Husband to the show, Matthew what, what? <laughs> And Oh, my God. Oh, God. He's engineering for me today, and he found on our Roadcaster <laughs> Pro all these sound effects. So we're going to try to tame the finger. No. No, 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 not that finger. Um, and the other voices you're hearing are my sister's sister-in-law, who I just shortened it to she's my sister, Yuki Moxon. Hey, what up? Yeah, right into the mic, Yuki, yeah. Yes, hi, thanks for having me. You're, we are thrilled to have you here. And new friend to the show, Allison Poe. Hello, everybody. Yes, it's so exciting to have them here, and there's lots of reasons they're here. One, we were celebrating Yuki's birthday. We played a few slots. That was super fun last night. Shout out to Clearwater Casino. Clearwater, you you should be advertising with us. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Allison is here because we're going to talk about... um, how we met her and how she got involved with us. But first, I'm going to go through all my talking points today that we're we're going to do an overview of some things that are coming up uh, for Citizen Sister, some wonderful interviews that are um, going to be released very soon. Um, I'll start with my friend Bo Ross, who's also actually a voice student of mine, a dad and um, husband and wonderful friend. And he introduced me to another friend. So first, I did a little mini interview with Bo about marketing. He's a marketing guy. Um, and then we interviewed um, his 
best, one of his best buddies, Todd McCullough. And um, Love, why don't you uh, talk with me about Todd McCullough? Because we, he is a new friend to us, and that interview is so amazing, you guys. Um, they just met him the other day. He was played for the NBA. He was on the 76ers and um, the, Nets. the Nets. And, I mean, he played against Jordan and Shaq. Like, that, like, dream team era. It is insane. And he lives on the island, you guys. It's so crazy. And after he left the NBA, he became a pinball wizard. So you'll learn all about that. I mean, he's a pinball collector, aficionado, and can tell you everything about pinball. Very exciting episode. Um, after those two episodes, we're going to release the Christina Love episode. Christina Love, who played Tina Turner um, in Germany and the West End, and the Tina Turner musical was one of the, was the first Tina to be cast in Europe. Um, so exciting, chosen by Tina herself. Um, so we have a lot of really exciting episodes coming up. I just wanted to let everyone know that. But today's episode is more of a deep dive on current events happening for Citizen Sister and um, a lot of island-centric stuff, which is kind of cool. And I know there's so much curiosity with my friends around the world about Bainbridge Island. And um, I know that a uh, few of you have been listening know that my husband became a avid obsessed record collector. The correct word is passionate. <laughs> um, that's what some people would call it for sure. <laughs> I was very overwhelmed by his um, love for records because it went from, you know, a couple of records. Actually, it was me. It was my fault. I gave him a gift um, of a Kiss album that I got when I was watching GNR play in Colorado and I'm like oh I, I feel bad I get to go see the show I'll, I'll get him a Kiss record because he loves Kiss and I remember that he said he used to collect then I gave him this record and I, I, I will never forget this love you were like oh wow yeah you know I used to collect in college. I have like just a few left from that collection, but I couldn't bring the records with me because, you know, I had to sell them. I couldn't carry them everywhere. And I swear, I tell everyone this story. In real time, I saw his eyes change and kind of gloss over and shift into focus. And he's like, wait a minute. I have adult money. I'm no longer a college student. I can collect. And that was... The beginning of the beginning of the whoa, drop the mic moment. Mm. It turned, that one record turned into how many love? Tell us. You mean how many do I have today? Yes, since then. He would need I, an, an accountant, I think. I well, honestly don't know. Yeah, it's and Yuki is an accountant. Upwards of 20,000. Oh my gosh. Okay, now you're going to see my eyes gloss over in real time because I didn't know that number, girls. <laughs> like, that is, I did not know that. That well, is so insane. I mean, think about it. So there's, uh, Allison knows. So in in the software, we have recorded probably at least 8,000, 7,000, Yeah, 8, something like that. And then there's tons that haven't even been recorded Correct. yet. Okay. And then there's more coming all the time. That is so crazy. And the thing is, that's how we know Allison. We roped Allison into being part of our um, record team to sort it was the beginning was just sorting records right mm -hmm. sorting records with maybe the idea that maybe we would um, sell someday in a shop but really it was like just help me organize because my wife is going to get really angry that <laughs> there is no room to walk in our house because records were just arriving boxes and boxes but tell them um, Matthew tell them why the first huge crate arrived. It was a surprise to you, too. <laughs> so, Another eyes gloss yeah, over it, moment. <laughs> yeah, uh, for those of you who've been paying attention, we lived in California for a little while, like a few months. And while I was there, uh, I think because I wasn't living at home, I didn't have like all these projects to do. So I actually had free time on my hands, which I don't normally have any. <laughs> and so, you know, I've found a bunch of auction sites online and, you know, get on there and buy some things. And and people who are vinyl co collectors, apparently that is just common speak in that world, yeah. FYI. And so with this one site, um, they had some really nice stuff, you know, they had some really choice um, records. And so I, um, I would buy those and then 
um, what I guess what I didn't realize until a huge two-ton crate showed up at our house that those lots that I was bidding on were just like a few of the records that were included in those lots. So they would pick out like the cherries and they would advertise those cherries, but there would be like, in addition to those maybe 10 records, there's like another 100 or 200 records that went with them. Yeah, that's what happened. And so it just kind of blew up to be way more, you know, 10 times more records than I thought I was actually buying. And, um, and here's what's funny. I just went with it, you know. He, he didn't even tell me that part of it. What he said was, he's like, oh, uh-huh, yeah, I mean, no, it's fine. Like, he tried to pretend that he knew that many were coming, but he was equally as surprised and really worried because it happened twice because he had ordered. Well, I wasn't here yeah. to see the crate. And that, that was the first problem. Was we were living in, in L.A., and the crate showed up at our house, and I had our assistant you know, manage the delivery and all that. But I didn't really understand how big it was until I actually got home, and I had already ordered from that same place again, and I knew, oh, bleep, here's gonna, there's going to be another <laughs> one showing up from the same. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's where all those in, that are sitting in, yeah, those, that's where those came wow, from. That is so wild to hear the backstory of this. <laughs> I didn't actually know because, like, the first time I walked into your house, I was like, how did he get this many records? Like, just yeah. where did they come from? And, and well, and that brings me to you, Allison, because we, so we were lucky that you um, wanted to work in with us with records, but, like, you have a background in records, so, and, and so... And I'm, music. And music, so I'm curious on both fronts like first to know where where did you work before so for the last six years I worked at a record store in Chicago and I absolutely loved that job it was like a total dream job just like being exposed to new music every day just meeting some interesting characters who were just super passionate about music and I moved here in May because you're originally from... I'm originally from Chicago. Oh, you are? Oh, yeah. I thought you're originally from here. Oh, my gosh. That's so crazy. Okay. Well, I lived here for a few years in high school, too. Okay. So I was, it's kind of like coming home. But, um, yeah, and I was thinking, like, oh, maybe, like, I'll look for a record store job again. Like, that was such a cool thing. And then I was just, like, somehow got connected with you. And I was like, <laughs> oh, this, like, sounds like the perfect thing. Like, on Bainbridge Island, no less. Like, yeah. What a coincidence. That's amazing. And you, what instrument do you play? Because I know you're a musician. Yeah, so I'm a flute player. I went through all the school. I went to college and studied classical flute and played in orchestras and did that whole thing. So I've always I, been very connected to music. That is I love so that cool. you said I'm a flute player instead of I'm a flautist. I never, flautist never rolled off my tongue very easily. <laughs> Why does that, I, does it bother you? It's such a weird word. Yeah. Like, I twiddle on the, <laughs> on the silver yeah. stick. I don't know what is it. <laughs> is there like lingo that goes with like flute playing? Where you're like <laughs> Fluting? I don't know. I always used to introduce myself as a fluter, but a fluter. that's, oh, that's definitely like that. non-standard. Flute player. Flute player is like Safely. I, I played the violin before, and I was always like weirded out when people were like, "Oh, I play the fiddle." I'm like, "Do I play the fiddle?" <laughs> like, is is fiddle just slang? But apparently, it's the style the, as much as the flute is coming flute. back. Like um, Andre, Andre three thousand. Yeah, he yeah. just released yeah. a record with his and flute. And what's music. her name? The um, uh, L- um, Lizzo. 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 Exactly. Yes. Jethro Tull. Yeah. Do you play any of that stuff? Now I wish. Oh. But you can. I think I'm going to rope you into my upcoming show. Yeah, I, I didn't somebody think about that. Oh, that's so good. But we'll talk about flout. that. In, yeah, yeah, with their flout. <laughs> <laughs> so, but being a musician, um, and gosh, I can kind of relate to that because I also studied classical and musical theater and did that as a career. But if you have interest in other genres of music, even the ones that you don't do, it's like so cool to still be involved with that kind of music, even if it's just, you know, like selling it or being around it, I would imagine. Did you meet a lot of musicians and band people in Chicago because of that job? Oh, totally, yeah. And it was actually like a nice outlet because sometimes there's not a lot of crossover. Like the classical music world tends to be a little bit um, insular in a way. And like I always had, like my musical tastes always were far like more expansive than just orchestral classical music. So, like, it was always, like, a good way to, like, I don't know, like, meet different musicians who are doing different things. And, um, 
yeah, just expanding that world outward a little bit. Did you see like vinyl like grow in popularity as you were there? Because you were there for several years, so in that industry. So yeah, totally. I mean, well, the people who love records, like they've always been around. Like people say there's this huge resurgence, and I think there are a lot of people getting into it for the first time more recently. Mm -hmm. But like definitely like the people who have been in the world are there to stay. And like, it's always been a healthy business, I think, yeah. in a certain way, just because the people who love it, love it so much. Yeah, no, that's so exciting. I mean, I want to hear that because I'm like, we have thousands of records. And the thing is, Matthew did, I mean, he is an entrepreneur at heart. And um, on top of all the other things he does, you know, and, and being an artist and an architect, um, he really is an entrepreneur and he's creative in business the way you are love in architecture, which is really interesting to me. Um, but that said, because you are such an entrepreneur, it was never, once it got to that level of thousands of records, it became very clear that he needed to be a seller of records, um, as well as a buyer. And that's when like everything changed and we started going to record shows and selling there. And I started to see the community, the vinyl community. Um, and it was exciting that he's any selling on, um, discogs. Um, and for people who are into vinyl, like all of this is normal speak for me, who is not, um, I, this is all foreign language. And I incidentally, like you said, you walked into our house, you're like, whoa, these are all these records. I had <laughs> parents of some of my students would come in and the moms would be like, are you okay? Are you okay? Can you walk around all this all the time? They're like, how much longer, Stephanie? I'm like, don't worry, I get to buy shoes, so we're good. <laughs> lots of yeah, shoes. lots of shoes. That said, um, so let's cut to the next scene though, because I really want people to know like what happened yesterday and continues happening today into Black Friday. Announce it, my friends. I so we have assembled a team of folk. We have a great team. I think four or five oh, yeah. of us, five of us now. Mm -hmm. Solid. And solid team. And um, we have been working together for on and off for six months, probably, about that. Is it that long? Wow. Yeah. Time's well, flying. Yeah, yeah so the summer months, yeah. Because it, right? it really yeah. is um, quite uh, a task to... To, you know, when we get records in, the thing that people don't realize is that there's a ton of work that goes into just understanding what you have and getting it ready for either storage on the shelf or for sale. Um, in general, you know, if we get a bunch of used records, they have to be cleaned. We wipe the covers off. We re-sleeve them, both inside and outside. Then we sort them based on approximate value, and if they're valuable, then we actually go through the process of cataloging them, which means we're actually identifying the precise pressing, like where did it come from. Um, like, for example, like Michael Jackson's Thriller, there could be 263 different pressings of mm -hmm. that particular vinyl record. And so our job is to go and figure out, well, which specific one is, it that, it, is that record, right? Because until you know that, you don't know uh, the value. Yeah. Um, because right. different pressings have different masterings and different qualities to them. Uh, and so the, the real collectors are looking for specific pressings because they sound better uh, or they're known to sound better than other ones. Um, and that's the other problem that can lead to this <laughs> affliction, if you want to call it that, is, you know, if you're a collector, you know, and you're hardcore, like, you want to collect every pressing of your favorite musician. You want every country, every pressing, you want it all. I mean, uh, but that's, but <laughs> that's it, my... It keeps going. Yeah. yeah. It goes deep. But I want to know, I mean, honestly, there's not enough hours in a day for any of you collectors to possibly listen to that much music. Well... Some of it's about listening, some of us just collecting, just having it. And and so I knew that I, because I work a full-time job, I run an architecture firm, I don't have the time to catalog and do all the cleaning and all that by myself. So I hired this team of people, Allison included, and they're really, really amazing at helping me do that. And so we've got, we've been doing the cataloging for a very long time, and we have amassed a very large collection that's ready and we finally decided to work together 
and open up a pop-up store yes. called Big Dog Records. Because not only do we have a very big dog. But, Obi. Shout but, out Obi. <laughs> but we sell the big dogs. Uh, we have a lot of high-end, rare, expensive stuff. And we just moved in uh, on Friday. Yes. Here on Bainbridge Island, friends, if you are coming home to the Northwest, if you have friends in the Pacific Northwest, um, you've got to tell them about Big Dog Records. And I, I know it's like, oh, you're plugging your husband's shop and whatever. But I, when he says that he has, uh, I mean, amassed a, a, a very big dog vibe for records. I mean, Allison can speak to it. So please do, because I don't know what, like, I feel like you and Scott and the team kind of stayed with us when it could have just been this part-time job that you're like, whatever, but almost because you're fascinated by the collection. Am I kind of right oh, there? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's like a huge part of it too, is like every day you go into work and like, you don't get to listen to every single record, but you're always discovering something new. Like every single day, there's just like 10, 20 things. And I'm like, oh, what is this? Like, let's put it on and check yeah. it out. And that's, yeah, it keeps you coming back for sure because there's just an endless amount of fascinating music has, out there. Has your collection grown since you've worked? Oh, yeah. Us? Oh, yeah. We have an understanding, down. yeah. It's so funny. They get dibs on stuff and we work it out. Yeah. That's how I would be if I was like, you know, working at Nordstrom or something, I would, my, all my paycheck would go to clothes. It can be very dangerous. Yeah. And working in a record store for the last six years, sometimes I would look at my paycheck afterwards and be like, oh, wait, what happened? Did, did, I, did I work? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> when and, I moved out here and, like, my moving truck was pretty much almost all records and books. Like, Whoa, that was like, I, I have very I few it. things. Oh, my god. The things that are important are there. So, so our house is like, no surprise. You're like, oh, my God, I'm home. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> oh, no, no. Your house is very special. <laughs> oh, thank you. But wait, um, so it, compared to the place where you used to work, is this collection different? Um, yeah, it's definitely different. Um, I guess because it's coming from these large auctions, like, for example, like, we just got a bunch of stuff from the U.K., so, like, you're getting, like, a huge quantity of, like, all these yeah. U.K. pressings at yeah. once. And, like, that's not something that anyone would, like, walk into a store with to, to oh, sell. Right. You know? Like, it's... It's so cool. So the reason that, I mean, you know, it's like people are probably going, well, if it's on Bainbridge Island, like, why are we talking about it when I know Citizen Sister, like, is listened to across the U.S. and even abroad. What's amazing, though, is that all of this entire collection is also available online. So this is our brick-and-mortar store for right now, anyway, that opens Black Friday, incidentally, all the way through Christmas. Um, but also, it everything that, that you know we have in the store, you can buy online. So if you are a collector, by all means, go check out how, how do they find... So on Discogs, um, the store name is Waxmonger, W-A-X-X-M-O-N-G-E-R. And actually, the stuff we have in the stores, I hate to say it, but it's the tip of the iceberg in terms of what is actually cataloged. Um, we, I don't think, have enough space in the store for all of the stuff that we have for sale. Uh, and then uh, while I have a chance, definitely follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Um, I think it's big underscore dog, D-A-W-G underscore records. And for those people who are dog lovers, um, you'll see a lot of, of Obi on there uh, periodically. And he is going to be in the shop a lot. We realized today, even though we ha aren't open, but we moved in and we have a, like a big glass um, frontage and right downtown Bainbridge. And all Obi was doing was sleeping in the the light of the window and so you tell me so, so many people came by to say hi to Obi <laughs> unsolicited yeah. and it was pretty much constant it was, it was hard to get any work day. done yeah. was, oh my god like I finally understood like when I've seen stores that are you know renovating or whatever and they put the paper up so you know you can't see in I finally understood why because it was just non-stop people like could I put your dog <laughs> yeah and Ovi loves it oh and I told this to Matthew but I was like oh my and to Yuki that I was like I'm totally going to 
get Obi a little Santa hat, and we're going to invite kids to take pictures oh. with Obi Claus. Obi Claus. <laughs> yeah. <That's> adorable. <laughs> um, so that, I mean, that'll just get people, you know, people kind of, Matthew just rolled his eyes because he thinks that it's not nice for me to dress up my dog, but he, he loves it. He loves the attention. He does. He, does. he really loves the attention. He does. Sure. He needs it. Um, and also, are you offering anything special for Black Friday? Well, <clears throat> nothing in particular. Um, all, I mean, all of our records are well-priced, and there's a huge selection, pretty much every genre across the board. I um, want you to think about that, though, during this podcast in real time. Like, maybe the first 10 customers get something, or maybe something. So I'll let you think about that as we, as we move through, because it would be exciting. The first 100 customers get a Big Dog record sticker. Yeah. Okay. We should have big dog record stickers. We're going to have them. Yeah. No, we're going to have to now. Oh, yeah. All right. We actually will have T-shirts as well. I don't know if we'll have them in time for Black Friday, but maybe. And VIP clients will get uh, a spray paint stencil. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> to graffiti their neighborhood with. Okay. I like it. Okay. Well, there we you don't go. encourage such behavior. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yuki chimes in. I'm just giving the stencils. I'm not telling you what to do with it. It's just a collector's item. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good stuff. And there's other great little businesses in that in the cove oh, yeah. there. So um, it's and you know you get to visit Bainbridge Island, which that is sandwich uh, place. Like we've. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Shout out to Sauce Nouveau. Sauce Nouveau. Like that guy Nick. We've been eating there because we've been setting up, and every day we go in there, and he's just, like, today he made a new sandwich. It was for Thanksgiving. It was like this turkey thing. He's like, oh, I just made this up. I was like, dude, this is like some next level cooking yeah. here for just a sandwich. I mean, yeah, every I mean, sandwich I've tried has been like, wow, this is the best sandwich ever. <laughs> I know. He's so talented. And it's been so fun to meet all the other little businesses Um it, you know, around Winslow, we, we we forget, you know, when we just go shopping, you don't have time to chat necessarily. And that's been really exciting. The last thing I want to ask about records, sorry, I forgot to ask about this and to mention this, but um, there's something like about holding that album that I want to talk about because as somebody who's not into vinyl necessarily, I mean, I'm kind of getting into it through my husband, but there is something so magical that is not the same if you open a CD case or if you just download a song. The artwork of an album and holding something that big, actually, and the the physical action of putting the needle on and all of that, there's something so, um, what would you say, um, tactile. Very mm-hmm. tactile, yeah. Yeah, and I just, yeah, I mean... Can either of you speak on that, or what is that what you drew you to being a vinyl collector? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's like being able to hold a record and look at the artwork and take it out for the first time and just like put drop that needle and like you don't know what you're gonna hear. And then you're just like hearing vibrations, like this thing has captured vibrations out in the world and now it's like being transmitted to you. Like it's a very special. Experience, and I feel like you have a strong connection to it when you're listening oh, in that way. Cool. That is very different from like playing something off Spotify on your phone. Like it's just like you've chosen this object, mm-hmm. yeah, and it has a story, and it came from somewhere. That's and, like, true. A lot too, of these vintage older. records like have been all over. Like you don't know who the previous owner has been, like how they loved it, like what parts of their lives it's Whoa. like helps them through, and like it's just this object that like changes hands. And like that people get to gave experience me a, a little chill that you just said that I didn't think about that, but the history of thinking of where it had been, yeah. Oh, and sometimes you guys have these crazy finds inside of the yeah, albums. Yeah, one time we, yeah. well, we found lots of weird stuff inside right. records, but I don't know if you were there, but we found um, some guy from Pennsylvania when he must have been a kid, and he like wrote on this piece of paper like something about he felt really bad about saying something to his sister and he was you know vowing to himself he was going to be a better person and oh, like all this stuff it and it was stuck into like this it was it was a heavy metal record too i oh, can't remember really? what it was oh, it was I like acdc or something and it was yeah it was really touching you know it was it was pretty cool i mean i found money in in records before oh, wow yeah, it's crazy and for me the 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 difference 
between listening, you know, having a collection of MP3s, and believe me, I collected MP3s. I had uh, had a huge, huge database of MP3s. It's not the same as listening to a record. It just isn't. It's a mm-hmm. completely different experience. And one of the things that I think over the years I've come to learn is it's really about the intention. Mm-hmm. Because when you sit down to listen to a vinyl record, you have to have real intention. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't just like flip and hit a button on my phone and you can play in the background. I mean, you can listen to music in the background, but... When you have a record, you can't just up and leave and walk away. I mean, you have to be present, literally have to be present because the record is playing in front of you. Yeah. And you can't go running with right. it. You can't. And, and so you yeah. listen more. You listen closer to the music. And it's more rewarding because of that. It's, it's you know, I think it's an acquired thing. Like, not everyone gets it right away. But when you do, it's transformative, and you don't want to listen to anything else. And the idea that Allison was talking about, that, you know, listening to vinyl, it's like literally literally physical vibrations Mm. being transmitted through a speaker. It's not digital. Because it's literally analog, it's physical, it affects you differently. It sounds different, you know. It touches deeper into the... To your soul, I think. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I mean the vibrations yeah. too. Oh physically. yeah, because you physically feel it. Yeah. yeah, that's so true. In fact, what is the thing called in our house that you inherited from Butch? Oh, the Victrola. The Victrola, yeah. the, yeah. OG the OG record player. Oh, Victrola, that's cool. Oh my gosh, you, you haven't had Allison do listen, you listen to it. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Wow, that is cool. It is. That gives me wind up. It's a wind up. Yeah, and it and no electricity, wow. no digital, and, nothing. And the volume is just opening and closing the wood door to um, the bottom part of it, and it it really truly when we play it, I'm always just so perplexed. I feel like I'm hearing history. I feel like it's it just feels so magical, and and that way I can totally relate to what you just yeah. said. That is. And I never, it never dawned on me of the fact that you can't go running with it. You can't do, you can't be on the go with a record. You have to well, they, honor the music yeah. by being mm. there. They did try to invent a, a record a player portable. that fit in your car back in the seventies. Oh, I thought that you were going to say like one you could run with. A stroller. I think the skipping was a problem. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, Can you imagine <laughs> just having like a stack of records <laughs> yeah. to like? Oh my gosh. That <laughs> is so, so much crazy. <laughs> What's so cool true. about the Victrola, and, and, and Allison, I'll have to show you, is like, you know, even on a record player, on a normal record player, the needle is this tiny, tiny, tiny little point. It's usually like a diamond point, right? And you, you can't really see it, you know. I mean, today we were kind of analyzing it, but it's tiny. And, and so it's still a little bit out of touch. But when you are playing that Victrola, the needle isn't, it's actually like a nail, yeah. It's like a steel nail that you can hold in your hand, and you have to replace that nail every record. Yeah, every record. Every, every record. time, yeah. So he has a big. I have bag. a huge, I have hundreds oh, of them. What? Yeah, because it 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 wears out. It's steel. It's not di- it's steel, and so it wears out really really quickly. And you have to replace the nail every that single is so time. So interesting. Can you buy those? Like, yeah, is there a, yeah, yeah. You can still okay. buy them. But they really yeah. do scrape each record. Yeah. So the records are only going to last hmm. for so yeah, long. Yeah, you can you can tell when someone's like not. D- practiced that well and you put on a record like we've got an old 78 of like Tony Bennett and like it's, it's insane just, when he was a kid you know it's like I wow. love listening oh, to it it's, it's one of the coolest coolest things and and so the gift of all this talk of the tactile vintage vibe like the comeback of the comeback I say in air quotes because um, Allison was saying that, that there are people have always been collecting and and so something that we found a through line with after we interviewed our friend Todd McCullough was that there was a similarity between Matthew's love of vinyl and his love of pinball mm. and that pinball like was sort of the same feeling you know the same vintage feeling and and only by the way only on the citizen sister um uh youtube page will we share our experience going into todd mccullough's home and and playing pinball and seeing his amazing collection we'll release that footage when we release the um todd mccullough interview but 
it was it was like this big aha of like, wait a minute, what if we had pinball in Big Dog Records? And so Todd was like, yeah, what if you did? Because I'd be super into it. And he generously, so generously has, you know, because we're just a pop-up shop. So he generously was like, I will bring you to, not one, but two pinball machines, two very highly sought after collector items, collector's items. Did I say that right? Um, pinball machines um, to have in the store. And we were just like, wait, what? Like, we're so excited. And so tell them the ones that you chose are, you know. Very appropriate for. Yes. Like, yeah, final store. Yeah, so the, um, he offered the Led Zeppelin and the Guns N' Roses machines. And Next they're level both epic. awesome mm-hmm. machines. They're so fun to play and they're amazingly designed um yeah he's todd's one of the most generous nicest people you ever want to meet yeah Yeah, and uh and the of course the guns and roses one i particularly you know particularly love because melissa's on it and her voice is throughout the whole machine and you can see her singing on it shoot the ramp yeah she's very encouraging she's like oh multi-ball Oh my God. It's so fun. So, and that attracts a lot of people, but it was, it was so interesting to hear Todd talk about that tactile, like touch of something rather than, and I just got that. Like you also can't play pinball from your phone while you're waiting for your flight. Like you have to honor the machine. Yeah. Yeah, And the art of that machine and every, and all the work that Mm -hmm. goes into it. And dude, he can tell you every single nuance of every machine he has and he has at least a hundred yeah i mean it's it's amazing so i mean look out for that footage um online and you will definitely also see big dog records and we will be posting a lot of big dog records stuff and please do visit the store um that said guys i'm gonna go on to another subject because we have quietly in the corner here Yuki-san. Yes. (laughs) Yuki. 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 So Yuki is here, yes, to celebrate her birthday with us because we weren't in Seattle at the time and we wanted to treat her to some fun here on the island. And we're trying to make her an island girl. And then she also helped me because we... um, so I have an announcement, and the reason I feel like this is a segue into getting Yuki more um, in, into the microphone right now is because, you know, I do shows all over the place, and my best shows that I get to do in concerts are when Yuki is there by my side. And I am not a performer. <laughs> I was just going to tease and say, she sings a mean duet. <laughs> like, I steal the mic. Here, here's your note. Me, 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 me. It started right here. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, I mean, and it's not like you had any theater experience no, no, no. and no stage experience. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. And yet the person I'm most comfortable with backstage of any show and I've done shows everyone had dressers and makeup artists and assistants and assistants of assistants but I'm still like where's my Yuki (laughs) (laughs) we had a joke one time um when Sean Ghazi shout out Sean and Deborah here that like like that I'm walking and I'm suddenly dressed somehow I'm like oh my god and like Yuki's in like you just see the flash of Yuki walking by because she had like somehow dressed me without Wave me knowing <laughs> yeah she waves the wand and she you also have such a calming energy like backstage or in this way that you're like okay and we just do this and you and task and I just know I'm in good hands last year we did my one woman show in LA Oh, and that one was hard. She was actually on the stage was, for some. Yeah, I made my stage debut that day. Yeah, she's like, wait, they're going to see me. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so fun, though. It was. So fun. And so we've got a show coming up. I say we, me and Yuki, because she'll be right there. Um, so every, gosh, the past several years, I mean, every year I go to Germany to do these shows for UNICEF Germany with a bunch of artists from around the world. It is on German TV. And if you listened to the Harry Bird Klein episode and the Ricardo Marinello episode then and John Florencio, then, you know, you heard us talk about it. It's a big part of my life. Um, 
and I'm going. I'm going. I'm leaving Thanksgiving. Sorry, love. Um, and I will be gone um, for a couple of weeks doing several shows there. And you, um, those of you who remember David from earlier episodes, David Tobin and myself and John um, and a few other artists were, well, and Christina Love, who you have yet to hear, and Harry Burt, of course. Um, but there are quite a big number of artists from Broadway to the West End to opera houses around the world and myself. And um, it's actually funny because, you know, my, my background is in musical theater and concerts and singing and I they all they have all these categories in UNICEF and they're always like oh so like you like have the musical theater people do their section and then there's a gospel and soul section and they do their section and I'm always like the nerdy kid who wants to be with the gospel soul people actually I'm like it's like a very like big voiced section of the show like all the huge numbers and the dancing and all of that and then there's like little me in the background of my gown going yeah yeah like <laughs> clapping they're like I believe I can fly I'm like I can fly <laughs> I just do like the little bit. <laughs> but they let me be part of that so that's really fun um but I never knew what category I was supposed to be in and because um, they would let me cross over to different categories and I went to Harry Burt. I'm like, so what's my category? Um, Harry Burt, what section am I in? He was, you are alone. You are alone, which means alone. He's like, you're in the exotic category <laughs> from the Philippines. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> always the jokes of John who uh, lives in Paris now but also... Um, is he's from the Philippines. He and I are uh, in a category of our own in the exotic category. Um, that said, after I come back from UNICEF Germany, I'm singing in LA and then I'm coming back here because um, not only every year for the past several years um, have I done uh, UNICEF Germany, but I also um, have been doing shows quite regularly for this organization called Feed to Succeed. And um, I'm so, so proud of this organization. I've sang for so many organizations, you guys, like to raise money for, to feed, you know, children or for UNICEF or for Make-A-Wish Foundation or for Gawad Kalinga, for those of you who know that organization, um, for the Red Cross. I mean, I could go on and on and on about these different organizations. Um, but this one's different. I mean, and, you know, Yuki was has been with me on a few of these shows. Right. Wouldn't you say it's different yeah. than what, I mean, I, I don't want to, like, take over all the speak because I'm sure you have something to say I'm like talking and talking you know the way that they formed that organization like who did what yes. they do um and you can, you <laughs> can like, go into it going? I don't so, know all the facts but um Edwin and Lonnie Raquel who are also godparents to our wedding um to our marriage which is something in the Philippines you have godparents for your wedding I introduced that to Matthew, he's like godparents. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, and we had, um, but they're they're a couple that I have known for many years, and I've known their children, um, you know, growing up as their kids grew up, and they have very intelligent, beautiful um, girls that are super smart, and so Edwin and Lonnie are from the Philippines, from a town called Vigan, and. Um, Anyway, they brought their kids to know more about their background and their culture, even though their kids were born and raised in L.A., went to a really um, wonderful uh, school in L.A., and, and they live quite a, you know, I guess you could call it a privileged life, and I just, you know, keeping it real, like, compare, especially, um, I would say, compared to the humble beginnings of, of their parents. So their parents wanted them to see, you know, that where they came from. And um, Edwin and Lonnie come from a very educated background. Um, and Lonnie's family and her mom was a principal of a very, very small school. And when I say a small school, when you say small school in the Philippines, it's like smaller than this podcast studio stuffed with kids and people sitting outside too. And they just do a lot of makeshift like classrooms until they can. And, and a lot of that's because of the weather and storms and then having to rebuild all the time. 
So they wanted their kids to see that, and they went into this school, and they saw other people their age who were, like, in fourth grade, for example. Um, I think their kids are all about two years apart, and all these kids were so much smaller than they were. And they're like, well, why are these kids so much smaller than we are? You know, we're the same age. And, you know, they were, and it was explained to them that it's just very hard for them to have proper nutrition to grow at the same rate as kids in America. And I mean, you know, we all have seen the commercials and watch CNN and watch things. So we we're all familiar with world hunger. And I think, you know, even at a young age, I was, I'm sure, you, you know, we saw Sally Struthers and <laughs> different people on television, right? Um, but when you actually see it in person, it's a whole different experience. And I can say that firsthand as well. I saw it much later in life than they did. But these little girls were super, super moved by that. I moved even it's saying the story because they could have come home and been like, well, aren't we lucky, you know? And, and they did. But instead of just having that, you know, like experience, they went back and told all their friends at school, at this girls' school um, at Marlboro in L.A., and they said, we really want to create a program to feed kids who are just like us but don't have the opportunity. And they formulated this program, these young girls, not their parents. And they said, well, gosh, if we feed, because there are other feeding programs in the Philippines and in developing countries um, where you feed a whole community. And that's wonderful. But what they were saying is the reason that they're not able to concentrate in the classrooms and the reason that they're not thriving in education is because they're hungry and they don't have good nutrition. So... They vowed to feed the kids their most nutritious meal in the school. And um, and from there, those kids w- would at least have the chance to really be educated and really retain the information. And not only that, and, you know, their mom's a doctor, so that helped because they also had the wherewithal to think, well, we want to know that this program is successful. So they had volunteers come in and measure them and check all of their um, nutritional, um, I guess, their nutritional counts. I don't know how you would say that. Um, but And to make sure that the feeding program was working. And they were growing um, at a much faster rate. They were suddenly, like, thriving in school. Um, and these little girls who were little at that time, and I was helping them fundraise even back then, are now graduated from college. I think two are still in college. Um, Very successful. Stanford, NYU, like um, they live in New York. I think two live in New York, one in Pennsylvania. They are still supporting this program. Um, And they're so cute because when Yuki and I were in LA last year, uh, they were like, gosh, they're like, Stephanie, we have like college grads. (laughs) They they have kids that they have seen all the way through college from the Philippines. Um, And and the program's grown a little bit, but really it's completely run by their friends and family in, in Vigan. They, when there's needs for the school to be rebuilt, when scholarships are needed, and of course the feeding program. So I've kind of made it my, like, my personal charity that I'm involved with, not just because somebody's asked me to sing, but I've taken it upon myself to create opportunities for fundraising and awareness for this program because I believe in it. And the other reason I want to say I believe in it is because it's so different when you know the money, when you actually get to see where the money goes. And while I love organizations like the Red Cross and UNICEF, it's they're so big there's so much administration there's and and that's and rightly so but when you actually get to see like my dollar bought that egg you know or those right. five eggs or well the way that those young women were talking about they're talking about those um the students yes like they're top. their kids i mean these are young women who are still in high school and in their 20s yeah. yeah at that time and they're like oh so-and-so went off to college. We have a picture of them or something. And so they are really, like, invested. Yes. Like, their own. like they are their kids. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly. And it's so touching. And when we did the show last year, I mean, they have 
full, you know, 20 year old lives, you know, a 19 year old life, like where they're really, really busy. And they would, they flew in just for that night to be part of the show we did because it was for their organization and they flew right out. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's how, and this year they didn't have time to put on the show because they're just busy girls. And I'm like, I'll do it on Bainbridge Island because we did it on Bainbridge Island in 2021. The whole audience had masks. We put it together in two weeks. Um, it was, you know, COVID was still pretty, going pretty strong. Um, and we raised, even though we put that show together last minute, we raised, uh, about six thousand something dollars, six thousand three hundred or something dollars, and that was just so very, very exciting. Um, and you know, they they were just thrilled we wanted to do it again. And this whole community here on Bambridge like came out to support it. And so, ladies and gentlemen, that's a long way of explaining what I'm doing December eighteenth at six thirty p.m. here on Bainbridge Island. Um, and you. It's the gift of giving with me and friends. John Florencio is flying in from Paris to do the show. Um, and so is uh, actually, and Jordan Petrie is um, musical director. We have tons of special guest artists. So I really, really hope that even if you can't tune in um, or if you can't come, we will be posting it on YouTube. We'll have a QR code if you want to donate. So I just just want to tell everyone about the show. I want to invite you to go to Big Dog Records, and um, and we have to wrap up here. But I just thank you again for listening to Citizen Sister, the podcast. Thanks to my guests today, and um, Yuki and Allison, and of course my husband. And I can't wait for you to hear the upcoming episodes. Please write us, like us, subscribe, do all the things. And I hope that you kind of enjoyed this deep dive into vinyl, into all things about charitable works. And it's it's the holidays. So happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Anyone want to shout out anything? Not really. <laughs> no, everyone's just it all. yeah. Go to Big Dog Records and uh, look out for the Todd episode, the Bo episode, the Christina Love episode, and please come to my show, The Gift of Giving, December eighteenth at six thirty at Grace Episcopal Church on Bainbridge Island. And thank you so much for making Citizen Sister the number one podcast on Bainbridge Island. I'm out. I'm Stephanie Reese. Thank you so much for listening to Citizen Sister. Find us on our website, citizensisterpodcast.com and on Instagram at citizen.sister. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. It helps people find the show. Thank you so much.